Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, the NBA pod. We are talking all things NBA deep dives, drafts, news, and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. You can tweet at us at ontheline underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Uh, you can always email us if you have any ideas, ca- thoughts, questions, anything like that to onthelinepod at gmail.com. If you could please check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. All the old episodes are up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, it's greatly appreciated. All right, guys, we got a fun one for you today. It's actually a a pretty long, extensive pod here, so I'm going to break it up in two parts. Ben and I are drafting today our favorite NBA countries, meaning the countries that have produced the most influential NBA players, excluding the United States. Um, we will get into it in greater detail uh, once I get Ben on the phone. So here it is, part one, my conversation, the draft with the one, the only, Ben Kral. <laughs> All right. Uh, ben Kral is on the line. His recorder is rolling. His microphone is up and ready That's to right, go. That's right, baby. We are fired up. We are ready to draft. Ben, this week we have a draft that is particularly near and dear to your heart. Um, you want to offer us some some insight here on, on how we wound up pulling the trigger on today's draft topic, which is non-U.S. player countries, like countries of origin uh, for NBA players. How did, how did we wind up? How did we decide on this draft today? Well, before we get into that, Chris, I feel like I need to just uh, officially welcome you um, and welcome myself yes. to... Um, and, and of course, uh, welcome all of our listeners to what is really the true season for uh, for us here at On That's the Line. Right. You know, we we sit through the regular season; it's a grind, it's a yeah. slog. We get through it, yeah. then we then we then we last through you know the entire playoffs, oh the NBA God. Finals. What a slog. We, we get through all of that with our, you know, with our diligent coverage. Um, you know, it, it requires a lot of effort and a lot of stamina, but we do it. In order to reach what we like to call draft season, baby, that is, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's face it, man, like, we have had many a conversation in the middle of the playoffs, you know, game seven, whatever, it's like, hey, man, this is great, but between the two of us we just want to be drafting right now yeah listen we love buzzer beaters we love we love we love a a seven game series you know we love playoff drama but what we really love is when that summertime rolls around and we can get back to uh to our true passion you know summer for some people is is beach season Mm -hmm. maybe it's a rosé season uh for us it's draft season season. um so yeah could not be more excited to to kick this bad boy off um it is my i i am so delighted to be back in draft season thank you for that welcome Uh, it's a great great feeling all right it's great to be yeah so all right baby let's dive in um let's let's jump into the deep end of the pool so yeah how do we wind up here um you know, uh, I don't exactly remember how the idea came to me, but um, you know, one of the uh, one of the, the the best things about the NBA is just how multicultural and, and international yeah. um, the game has become. You know, um, really, sort of since the since the '80s, and then really exploded in the '90s with um, with international players, and it's really just increased um, ever since. And um, yeah, it's just a wonderful you know, like cool, colorful thing about the league. Um, and we love our, our international players. Um, and so I decided that it would be fun to draft countries 
non-U.S. countries um, based uh, entirely on the players, the NBA players that they respectively produced. Yep. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we're going to take a little a little trip around the world yeah. uh, today here on, oh, on the line. Um, something we're gonna something I'd love to say really quick is you know I didn't I didn't uh, for, first of all you suggested this as a draft and it, you were really passionate about it and this was like your this was your number one seed coming out of the gate and I have to say like I didn't initially uh, come to this realization until a little bit later but thinking mm. about this draft you know. Oftentimes, I think you and I like romanticize and remember like basketball from the 80s and 90s, like the basketball we grew up like watching and loving as kids or reading about. And what was interesting to me was, you know, my entry point was very much like uh, for this draft was like the basketball of my youth. But what I kind of come to what I can't what I've come to like come and really appreciate and love about this subject is how much of the league is actually international now. You know, back back in the 90s, it was, oh, you know, this player or that player who's this mysterious guy from overseas. And nowadays, uh, you know, stating the obvious, it's like it seems like half the league is from somewhere around the world. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it speaks, Ben, to like the game's great diversity and plurality right like i mean we we love basketball and for being like a truly progressive sport right not just in the way that it's played with its innovation with analytics and how analytics have forced the hand of competition and the way athletes have turned themselves into brands and businesses but the nba has really become a truly like a diverse international game, right? It's yeah. become progressive in the way that it's reached out across the globe, the way that it has been sort of infiltrated through NBA Twitter and 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 just become this uh, incredible international game. And it's interesting, you know, I, I started thinking about this, that the game has become global, right? And it's become very diverse and open. And it isn't just like for altruistic purposes. Like... We oh, no, of course not. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's so interesting because it sort of serves both interests, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like there was this moral imperative, right, to bring basketball internationally. But the fact of the matter is, it's also like the best thing for business that ever happened to the NBA. Of so, course. Like, I mean, you know, we, the when, NBA is a meritocracy. So, yeah. So y- when, you know, we bring, when we bring the NBA and basketball to small villages in Africa, it's not just for altruistic purposes to maybe give some impoverished kids like a new skill to learn we're doing it because we're trying to find the next great generational player yeah Um, i I mean i'll tell you kevin bacon in the air up there didn't give a fuck about those kids he (laughs) was just you know some washed out dirtbag uh who was looking for uh you know a quick buck so that's right uh, I don't remember the exact plot of that movie, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Um, I don't remember it uh, too well either, but that does sound right to me. Yeah. Um, ben, let's. Are you ready to hop into this, man? Are we? Are I we am. Ready to draft? Yeah. Let's, let's do let's this. Let's fucking do this, baby. Let's so, get wet and wild. Let's get first wet draft and wild. of the summer. Ben, now we're going. Have... We're going. We're hop, we're hopping on our uh, on our little uh, biplane here, and we're and we're going on a trip around the world. Let's I can't do wait. it. I can't wait. Now, Ben, you had the first overall selection in our last draft. Uh, ah, selecting yes, that's right. your son, your child, Mitchell Robinson, with the first overall selection for first team all OTL. Right. So that means I will kick us off in the country's draft. Wow. Um, okay. 
Ben, I now, will... can I ask you? Did sure. you did you have a a clear number one going in? Did you discover a clear number one? How how tough a decision was this? Uh, was the selection for you? Give you a little insight into me and my process here. I yeah. will tell you that I have spent the last couple of hours in with a agonizing, Ooh. agonizing stomach ache because my leaderboard is very crowded. Yeah. It's very, very crowded. I will sure. say as recently as 30 minutes ago, my third my third pick jumped up the board to first and then went down wow. to second. Wow. A last third, second back. move. Yeah. It's been an abs- – it's just been – it's been exhausting. It's been an, it's been an exhausting process. Um, I will give you some insight into my process as I draft each one of my teams. Um But let's hop into it, man. With my first overall selection in the uh, country's draft on the line here, I am very proud, Ben, to select Team Spain. 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 That's right. I did not expect Spain. Wow. So, Ben, when we talk about... You are going to have to explain this one to me. Yeah, when we talk about Team Spain... There are a couple of really exciting names uh-huh. that immediately come to mind. Sure. So we have the Gasol brothers, Pau and Mark. Obviously. We I feel Rick- like they're your, your, your co-captains. Right. We have Ricky Rubio. We have Jose Calderon. We have Sergio mm-hmm. Rodriguez. We have Juancho and Willie Hernan Gomez. Mm-hmm. It's also important, I think, to note that both Sergi Baca and Nikola Miritich have Spanish citizenship they don't play right they they play internationally for team spain but respectfully they refer to congo and montenegro as their homes right so right. I'm, I'm not claiming them but i want to i want to i want that to color my they're like yeah i would say they're they're kind of like on the bench maybe uh for, for team spain you know like uh, as a last minute uh sub if, if they're needed they're they're there in reserve that's but right. um, they're not making the starting team. That's right. Um, nope. I feel like another another guy who might qualify uh, f- for that um, mm-hmm. designation is, uh, and I don't know if he was if you if he popped up in your research, but a one Wally Zerbiak. Oh, that's um, right, Wally Zerbiak was yes. actually born in Spain. Two American Incredible. parents. Yes. Um, but yeah, d- does claim Spain as his uh, his birth country. So one thing, Ben, um, I'm curious to uh, suss out with you over the course of the draft is something that I looked at was like or try to weigh in my analysis here is like, do I make a decision about a country's draft position based on a singular player versus Mm. the totality of really tough question? Yeah. Versus the totality of a roster, right? Yes. I was faced with that question many, many, in many cases for me here with team Spain, it was a ensemble effort, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, among other things, which I I'll get into here, but just some of these names again, Pau Gasol, Jose Calderon, Marc Gasol, Sergi Baca, again, who's from Congo, Ricky Rubio, Nicola Miritich from Montenegro, uh, Sergio Rodriguez, Rudy Fernandez, Alex Abrinas, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Willie Hernan mm-hmm. Gomez. The list goes on and on. Uh, Raul Lopez. So that said, Ben, let's talk about the the makeup and the identity of this team Spain. You know, like many of their fellow European countrymen, the Spanish love passing the ball, right? And that, that was a big component for me when I started thinking about team Spain. Right. What's the style of play what, what's that, the they, what's that the, they represent? What's the product on the court? You know, yep. I, I needed to fall in love with, with all my teams. I needed to fall in love. When I watch your team play, I need to 
feel the joy of basketball. And when mm-hmm. I watch Team Spain play, these guys absolutely love passing the ball and playing with one another. It's a, it's a pure wo- joy to watch these guys play. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the Gasol brothers have long been considered two of the best passing big men in the game. And obviously we have guys like Calderon, Sergio Bo- Rodriguez. Both now NBA champions, yep. of course. Right. Uh, international NBA passers. Now, Ben, let's talk about Ricky Rubio for a second. Mm. I mean, you might not know this, but Ricky Rubio is one of my favorite all-time players of the last 10 to 15 years. Really? From the time he was an international sensation, drafted overseas by the Timberwolves. Yeah, at what, like age like 14 or something like that? (laughs) I think he was 17 or 18 at the time of the draft, but he started playing professionally in Spain at the age of 14. Yeah, So Rubio Rubio deserves his own deep dive podcast, frankly, in my opinion, but I've always been sort of obsessed with this guy. For starters, (laughs) he played possum with the NBA, right? So David Mm. Kahn and the T-Wolves drafted this kid, I think when he was 18, but he wouldn't commit to playing in the NBA for like two years. Mm -hmm. So that to me is like, ugh. I mean, I'm I'm fully in love right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he makes the Timberwolves the, go overseas. The, 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 the teasing, the temptation is, is really yeah. Yes, you get man. you get hooked in, and you yeah. and you can't you can't no, get enough. No, I mean, like he was this international man of mystery. The Timberwolves literally spent two years courting him, flying mm-hmm. to Spain, meeting oh, with yeah. him and his family. A little game of cat and mouse. Sign me up. On the court, man, he is, and you know, like, I am in love with, like, mystery when it comes to the NBA. Like, nothing to me is more excited than, like, an injured player, and or, or, (laughs) for that matter, like, an international player that we only have, like, YouTube footage of. That, to me, is, like, as titillating as it gets. Who, like, could be potentially one of the greatest of all time if he ever actually comes over and plays in the league. He's 14 years old. Right. It's all just wild speculation. And if you told me right now, like the Knicks could have a very good player in this upcoming draft, or they could draft a 14 year old who is or like six the, years. Yeah, the best like, 13 year old in your in all of Europe. I want the 13 year old. I want yeah. the 13 year old, and I will immediately start watching like YouTube footage <laughs> of him in middle school. That's the like that's me in a nutshell. On the yeah. court, man, Rubio is just a wizard with the ball, like a mm-hmm. literal passing savant and that's not a term that i use lightly he's like for me i think of rubio as like a great jazz musician or like a brilliant filmmaker and Mm. you know as a kid on the surface when you looked at his skinny little frame he had this shaggy bowl haircut uh, Mm -hmm. in his teenage years you might not think that he was going to be anything special and then when you just saw the footage of him like gliding towards the rim and throwing these no-look, behind-the-back passes. It was like, yep. oh, that's Magic Johnson. That's Jason Williams 2.0. He was a mix of like Jason Williams and like young Pete Maravich yes. out there. Yeah, I mean, the guy is a prodigy. And to me, he represents everything I love about Team Spain. He's mm-hmm. Like I said, he's probably my favorite modern international player, especially wow. the way he's evolved in recent years into a tattooed like hipster guy. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, obviously the man bun is, the man uh, is, bun is is a huge appeal. To not me. not hurting him at all uh, then, in this draft. Yeah, man. And then Ben, when we talk about Team Spain, something I also can't let go of is the jersey. I mean, let's talk about that classic imperial red jersey. Oh, interesting. See, this is actually a factor that I did not consider of for course. any of my teams. I know. But, That's what but I'm I... saying about love, man. Like, I need to follow love. <laughs> I need to fall in love across the board. So, like, I understand there might be there might be another roster with more talent. There might sure. be a great all-time player on another roster. For me, you were it's you were the just dying to get into Spain. It's the and, totality and, and, of Spain, right? Yeah, it's dive like, in. Give me that classic imperial red jersey with mm-hmm, that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like the matching color of the national flag with that España emblazoned across the chest. I mean, it's it really does evoke like royalty yes. and like and like yes. a, a, an old like a history and like just yeah like a otherworldliness almost. One last point, and I'm sure this is true of many European teams who are maybe like less restrictive of. Mm-hmm. Uh, or limited in their ideas about professional athletes and age. But what's fun to me about Team Spain is they seem to run the gamut of both like extremely young kids, like little mm-hmm. middle schoolers and old dudes. Like Ricky Rubio became the youngest player ever to play in the Spanish ACB League uh, in October 15th of 2005. He was 14 years old. And then in June of 2009, when he was drafted with a fifth pick by the T-Wolves, uh, he became the first player born in the 1990s to ever be drafted in the NBA. So mm. I just, I, I love Spain in that they will reach down and grab these like 14-year-old kids, but then they also have like a bunch of gray beards, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it seems like anything in between, like there's there's nothing in between. It's, it's super young or super old. It creates like a very fun quirky interesting product i love team spain it's my great privilege and honor to select them with the first overall uh, selection in our world a country draft wow incredible stuff fantastic selection Thank didn't you. see it coming but right. it makes perfect sense now uh-huh. um after after you laid it out like that uh in such beautiful eloquent terms um fantastic first choice way Thank to you. go way to go spain viva España. Um, then you were on the clock. I wow, could not I, be more excited for your first overall selection. This is uh, pick number two overall. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, truth be told, here, Chris, mm-hmm. um, I sort of assumed that you would pick yep. one of my first two choices, and that I would have the relief of just picking whichever one was left over. Um, so right you, now, yeah. right now, I've, I'm I'm faced with a decision that I didn't that I really didn't want to have to make uh, on my own here. I thought I, I honestly thought that might be the case. Yeah, I, I knew you yeah. well enough to think he's he's going to think, oh, I get a get out of jail free card. Yeah, but no, yeah. I just punted the ball you right back. To yeah, him. you didn't you didn't give that to me. No. Um, shit. So, boy. All right, I'm. I'm gonna have to throw a coin in the air here and uh, and see what happens. But I think I think I know in my heart, uh, boy, this is not easy. But I think I'm gonna go with as my first selection, second overall in our non-American countries draft. I am gonna go with the little country of Lithuania. Yep, that's what I had you down. Yep, yep, yep. 
Lithuania. Love it. it was, um, Love it. yeah, wow. I went back and forth for a long time, but Lithuania has a pretty unstoppable resume here. Um, let me just run down some of the names. Uh, my captain for Team Lithuania. And now, as we go through this draft, Chris, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with, um, you know, history lessons here. No, let's But do just it. as a quick quick recap to, to bone up, uh, you know, some of our listeners uh, who, who might not be, um, you know, who might not remember some of the details here. Uh, Lithuania is an Eastern European nation. It was um, part of the Soviet Union following World War II. Um, and then on uh, March 11th of 1990, a year before the formal dissolu- dissolution of the Soviet Union, uh, Lithuania became the first Baltic state to declare itself independent, um, resulting in the, um, in the restoration of an independent state of Lithuania. That was in 1990. So from, uh, from the you know, conclusion of World War II in 1945 until 1990, it was uh, not, in fact, an independent country. It was a uh, part of the USSR. Um, So, yeah, I mean, one of the rules that I I tried to abide by um, in in doing my research here was that we're going with modern countries. Um, Obviously, there, you know, if we if we select... um, um, you know, uh, obsolete countries uh, of, of the past, um, you know, certain ones like the Soviet Union and in particular Yugoslavia. Um, my God, what a powerhouse mm-hmm. um, that nation yeah. was before its uh, dissolution. Incredible. Um, but uh, but we'll, we can get into that later. But um, but yeah, so Lithuania, one of the, I believe, 15 um, uh, nations that, that made up, uh, current modern nations that, that made up the Soviet Union, um, so let's run down the uh, the list here. As uh, as captain of Team Lithuania, we have uh, OTL favorite, of course, Arvidas Sabonis. Um, born in 1964, uh, when Lithuania was uh, still part of the Soviet Union. Um, I mean, Arvidas deserves his own episode, perhaps multi-part episode, uh, which we absolutely will do at some yeah. point in the future. I, I just green-lighted it right now yeah. on the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been green-lighted for, for a while now. Um, <laughs> That's right. We just, yeah, we just need to find the time. Arvidas is, is just, you know, uh, I won't get into why we love him, but he is... Um, He's he's one of our favorites. He's an incredible, you know, what if story. Yeah. Finally, did come over to the NBA. Um, you know, well past his prime. Uh, joined the tr- the Portland Trailblazers in the in the mid mid and late nineties. Um, and even at like a very advanced age, uh, you know, riddled with injuries, uh, he was still just an incredibly dazzling, fun player to watch. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was um, he was sort of uh, hidden behind the iron curtain for uh, the bulk of his prime um, uh, playing career. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's incredible. So uh, along with Sabonis, we've got um, a guy who was in fact the uh, I believe he was the very first um, uh, Soviet player to join the NBA in 1989, uh, and that is Sarunas Marshalonis. Um, who, uh, uh, like, you know, again, one of the, uh, the earliest, uh, kind of Euro players in the NBA, um, uh, came over and joined the Golden State Warriors in, uh, uh, in 1989. He was, um, you know, actually a really effective player, um, averaged, uh, 17 points a game one season, 18 points another season off the bench for the, for the run TMC Warriors in, like, 1990. 
Gillard is digging. Oh, behind the back, what a move! Well, that gets them off their feet. That was an amazing move by Marshall Otis. He steals the ball from battle. Warriors have the numbers, and they up the line and in. Back the other way to Marshall Otis, a three on two. The ball fake Marshall he was uh, unfortunately had his career shortened by an ACL injury uh, just prior to the 93-94 season. Uh, so he um, he didn't really do much after that. Finished up his career with a couple of seasons uh, with Seattle, Sacramento, and Denver. Um, but man, when he was younger uh, on the on those Warriors teams, he was awesome. Um, you know, uh, uh, kind of a, a I mean, I I don't even want to compare him to like other European players because that's kind of like lazy and and. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever, like stupid, but, um, but yeah, had that, uh, kind of prototypical like Euro game of like outside shooting, um, but still like really tough, like got to the basket. Um, he shot something like he was, you know, primarily an outside shooter, but he still shot like over 50% from the field. Um, I think multiple seasons, um, with the Warriors, um, just like a real like gunner, really aggressive. Um, he was uh runner up for six man of the year award in 1992 with the Warriors, um, and yeah, again, really just kind of, um, blazed a trail, uh, for, for other European players that came after him. So love Marshallonis. Um, he was awesome. So another guy, uh, representing, uh, Lithuania, uh, is a newer, uh, member of the NBA. And that of course is our man, Brazzers, Iggy Brazdakis <laughs> of the New York Knicks. My name is Ignas Brazdakis. I was born in Konis, Lithuania. I currently live in Oakville, Ontario, and I'm going to the University of Michigan. Um, also born in uh, in Lithuania. Of course, his family later emigrated to uh, to uh, Canada, um, and he uh, kind of you know grew up um, and, and played in in uh, Ontario before going to Michigan um, for college. But uh, but yeah, we love Iggy. We can't wait to see what he uh, uh, you know what what, what uh, his future holds uh, with our favorite team. Um, other guys uh, who are Lithuanian include uh, Zindrunas Ilgauskas, um, the yeah the, the great uh, Cleveland Cavaliers center. In in doing some research, um, I, uh, I I was flipping through a uh, a book called the Macro Phenomenal Pro Basketball Almanac um, by uh, I don't know if you remember the Free Darko uh, yeah. blog. Um, so those guys wrote a book back in like 2007 or eight, I think. Um, and they have a a little chapter about um, international players. And uh, under their section for Lithuania, they have. Uh, and I have no way of um, proving whether or not this is true. I tried to do some um, uh, independent research to corroborate this, but I couldn't find anything online about it. Um, but it, it was published in a book um, called The Macrophenomenal Pro Basketball Almanac. So I have to believe um, it, uh, it's true or it could be completely made up. But um, these guys write um, under a notable anecdote uh, for Lithuania. Uh, quote, Zindrunas Ilgauskas was once spotted trolling the Cleveland suburbs in a stretch excursion. He stopped to watch a child hit a pinata and then made his way to his friend's nearby house, where he proceeded to keep the neighbors up by drunkenly reveling in appetite for destruction and license to ill. This for the f***ing underdog, he MVP, yeah. Big Z, Again, I don't know if that's true, but... Even if it's made up, I don't really care. Uh, Zindrunas uh, Ilgauskas definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to have my friend Tony on the podcast because Tony's a Cleveland native, and yeah, Ilgauskas exactly. He might 
Dude, El- Elgaskas. He's told me some crazy Elgaskas stories. Really? Okay. Yeah. So then that make, that leads me to believe that he, I, that that, we just that might 1, be true. Thousand percent need to get Tony on the podcast and talk about like the LeBron Elgaskas uh, era Cavs because he has told me some crazy stuff about that guy, and I'll just save it for the pod. But yeah, yeah, I believe okay, it. fantastic. All right. Um, Another interesting uh, little bit of trivia is that uh, Marcellonis, Sabonis, Ilgauskas, and Iggy Brasdakis were all born in the same town of Konis in uh, Lithuania. Oh, no so way. for some reason, yeah, that one town uh, produces all of the basketball talent uh, for the entire country. Um, one more name to throw out at you is uh, another uh, favorite of mine, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Of course. Um, yeah, that dude's a beast. Uh, you know, obviously he was on the Raptors until this past season when he was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, where hopefully he'll have a uh, starting role this upcoming season. Um, can't wait to see that guy unleashed uh, as a starter. He's just got like, you know, uh, again, I don't really know, like this, the style of, I mean, if, if we're talking about the style of play um, for Lithuania versus Spain, for example, um, you know, these are primarily big men, oh, but they're all... Boys. Yeah. yeah, these are big boys. I mean, Marcellonis was was a wing guy, but I think he was like six seven, six six, six seven. Um, but but uh, by and large, these are these are big boys. But they're all very very skilled big yes. boys. I mean, Sabonis is one of the greatest passing big men uh, you know, in basketball history. His son, uh, Arvita Sabonis's son, uh, of course, is in the That's NBA. right, Demontis. He was he was born in the United States, but I think right. you know, it's at least fair. Yeah, to he counts. He's he, in the Lithuanian he, conversation. Sure, sure. He I would call him Lithuanian by yes. by Heritage. ethnicity, right. yeah. nationality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think he also like played some in Spain, perhaps. Yeah, but to your point, these are big, strong, powerful men. But many whom are like but, light on their feet with an incredible yeah, feathery, skill. feathery touch around the rim, incredible right. finesse and passing skill. Um, yeah, I mean, I love yeah, like like good outside shooters. I mean, I mean as we've already seen from yeah. Braz Dacus, that dude, he's like, he's, he's a gunner. And yeah, he's, man. you know, he's like knocking down threes, like no problem I mean, uh, Bill from, Walton, from distance. Bill Walton once referred to Arvita Sabonis as seven foot three Larry Bird. And yeah. know, he basically said, you know, he could do it all. He could pass, he could shoot from long range, he could play inside, he can bang, he can rebound, he can do it all. And obvi- I think, you know, he is the he is the godfather. He is, like you said, the captain of Team Lithuania. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, man, just, just, a, just a stellar pick. Do you have anything else you want to say here about uh, Lithuania? Any, anything in, uh, in closing here? Um, I think I pretty much hit on uh, on all the important stuff. Obviously, yeah, we got to follow up with Tony to uh, to see if we can corroborate that yeah. Olgowska story. Um, but uh, but yeah, that is my first pick. Uh, very very happy to to go with Lithuania. Obsessed with it, man. I mean, I kind of like I said, I I knew I knew that's where you would probably lean, and I had you. I I literally penciled you down at number two <laughs> for Lithuania. But man, when I think about Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, it really Sabonis. comes down to Sabonis, yeah. but but Marcellonis is another guy, man. Yep. Like, go go and watch some of his old highlights with the with the Run TMC Warriors. Like, yeah. he was like a firecracker off the bench. Of like, course. he was awesome. Of course. Yeah. yeah, looking at the Sabonis highlights recently, it was like I never wanted a hook shot for myself so badly after seeing oh my god do it and i mean he could do everything he can curl up and under the rim from one side to the other he with the wrap behind the back passes the icy Mm -hmm. demeanor shooting three pointers the monstrous two-hand slams the look behind no look behind the back 
uh, passes, mm-hmm, you know, just like mm-hmm. humiliating his opponent, his opponents, yeah. shattering backboards in the U.S. Absolutely gig- gigantic head. Yes. Love the size of that guy's Monstrous. head. And what about the knee pads, man? And he has, oh, he yeah. has those like duct tape rubber knee, mm-hmm. knee pads. Knee pads, wristbands. Yeah. yeah, he had it all going on. Wow. Just a stellar pick, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, my leaderboard uh, was just stacked. I mean, there was there there was a there was a moment where Lithuania was my number one overall choice. So I'm glad, sure. I'm glad you uh, took him off the board for me. Yeah, happy to do it. Um, with my third overall selection, this is my second choice. In uh, we're now in round two, pick number three overall, Team CW. Maybe again with something of an outlier pick. Oh boy. Oh no. It's very proud. To select Team Croatia. Croatia. Another yep, country yep. here. They were from on my list. Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, you know, not unlike some other countries that we will discuss, you know, we, mm. we mentioned Team Spain. The strength of Croatia for me really lies in their numbers. Um, mm hmm. Like, much, much like their socialist history, they yes. are a, a collective uh, yes. where all, all work together for the good of the one. That's right. So yeah. let's talk about some of their roster depth. We'll, we'll mention Tony Kukoc. We have uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, newly acquired from, uh, by the Utah Jazz from the Pacers. Mario mm-hmm. Hazonia, Dina Raja. Dragan Bender, Dario Saric, Ivaka mm. Zubac, Anta Zizic, and of course, the legend, Drazen. Drazen. Drazen yep. Petrovic. Um, yep. Among many, many others. Uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it short here. Uh, we can go on and on about everyone that was on that international roster of theirs. But let me, let me get to Petrovic uh, in, in a sec. Um, the Croatian national basketball team won a silver medal at the 92 Olympic basketball tournament they won a bronze medal at the 94 FIBA World Cup Championship and bronze medals at the Eurobasket in 93 and 95 um Croatians Dina Raja and and Tony Kukoc were among the first foreign-born players to really succeed and plant their flag in the NBA showing folks in the United States that foreigners could you know really play at the professional level mm-hmm. um now let's talk about Drazen Petrovic um mm. You know, this is a guy who died in a car accident tragically in 1993. Yeah. Ben, he is considered one of the biggest reasons for the mass influx of European talent in today's NBA. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's not an overstatement. The dude was a fucking superstar. Petrovic was posthumously put into the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2013 during the, uh, FIBA, during the FIBA Eurobasket. He was voted as best European basketball player ever in history. He represented Yugoslavia's national team and later uh, Croatia's national team. He earned four Euro scars, was named Mr. Europa twice. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. He, he, uh, in 1985, he received the Golden Badge Award for the best athlete in Yugoslavia, and then seeking kind of a bigger stage for himself, he came over to the NBA to play with the Trailblazers and the Nets. Ben, they, mm-hmm. they, they called this guy the Mozart of the hardwood. Mm. Watching his game, you know... Fitting. Yeah, watching his game in the last week or so on YouTube um, from his days in Europe, and then with the Nets and the Blazers... I mean, I was trying to find a player comp, trying to think of a modern player comp, and he really kind of reminds me of a taller, 
more fluid Jason Kidd crossed hmm. with the lethal shooting of like Clay Thompson. So Yeah. And 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 can I throw one more name in there? Sure. He he had the competitive streak and the fire oh of like prime Reggie Miller. He's the an hardest humble. guy I yeah. And the most frustrating guy I ever had to go against. That was mostly when he was with Portland. No, when he was with New Jersey. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. when he really made his yeah. claim to Post Blazer. Yeah. yeah. He got traded from Portland yeah. and went to New Jersey and became an all-star and the best the best shooter I've ever played against. Yeah. I, I, I would story. encourage everybody to, to go watch Straws and uh, play. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I mean. What, was, yeah. Can, can you go into more detail about him? Because. You know, he, he really was great. He, he died way too young. Sure. Um, and people today may not, the average casual fan may not know who he was. How was he different than, the, than some of the guys, the great shooters that you played against? People talk about Steph's release being so quick. Yeah. Well, Petrovic. Petrovic had the quickest release I've ever seen. And what made him so unique is I prided myself on working off screens mm-hmm. and you know, working off the big men coming off, yeah. he was just as good. And we talk about footwork. Yeah. Uh, arguably one of the best guys with that footwork at the shooting guard position. He was he was a maniac. Yes. Like I I like he was like just one of those guys that you know because I think he was um, such a rarity back in those days. He he came in with like this like chip on his shoulder, and yes. he was like. You know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to dominate this league of American men, um, and I'm not going to be scared of anyone. He famously like trash talked with Michael Jordan right. when the uh, when the Nets played the Bulls in the early '90s. Um, he was uh, in a in a backup role on the Blazers um, and was just like dissatisfied and just felt that he deserved more more playing time. He finally got it when he uh, got traded to the Nets, um, and yeah, he was just like ferocious and like never backed down. wasn't scared of anyone he played. Um, was a was a kind of a showboat, a trash talker. Like he was just like awesome. I mean, frankly, it's kind of funny to think about it now. We just spent a season with this guy in the Knicks, but like Mario Hazonia, that's like also Croatian. That, that's, yeah, that's the Mario Hazonia playbook. Yeah, except that's like literally he, he the, the, not the player that uh, Petrovic was. But, yeah, I was um, just gonna say Hazonia has the same it's the like same, like draft cockiness, <laughs> but 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 with Petrovic, it was like actually warranted. Um, yeah, he backed it up with his game. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a visionary passer with precision. You know, in terms of his shooting, he was an all time great sniper i mean we're talking like between the legs whipping passes behind his back in transition i'm talking half court alley-oops i mean just like Mm -hmm. throwing half court alley-oops um and his head fakes man like this is a guy that would pump fake you and pump fake you do up and unders he was draining three balls making you look silly in the mid-range draining buckets in your eye i mean if you don't believe me you, go to YouTube, March 2nd, 1993, the Nets are playing the Bulls, and you'll see Jordan, I mean, he he pump fakes Jordan so hard, he comes out of his shoes. Uh, yeah. The highlights are all there. Uh, Let on, me throw a couple numbers at you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, 91-92 season, he plays and starts in all 82 games for the New Jersey Nets, averages 20 points a game, shoots 44.4% from three-point range. Wow. Oh 44.4. And that was back when, like, oh I mean, he was only gosh. taking he was taking 3.4 attempts a game because back then no one took threes. But he was gunning and knocking him down at 44.4 in 91-92. The following year, 92-93, um, which was, of course, uh, he died in the offseason uh, yes. following 93, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but anyway, so he played 70 games in 92-93 for the Nets, averages 22.3 a game. 
That season, he shot 44.9% from three-point range. Incredible. I mean, so back-to-back seasons, shooting 44%, incredible. over 44% incredible. from three. Incredible. That's insane. Yeah, insane. Ben, I mean, this is a guy who routinely put the likes of, like, Hakeem Olajuwon and Larry Bird on skates. I mean, mm-hmm. faking them out, again, up and under, then up again, then draining the jumper in their eye. In 1992, in one game, I, I watched a highlight, he put 39 points on the Celtics, shooting mm. 17 for 26. I mean, he, the guy is literally robotic. He was a scoring yeah. machine. He would have absolutely dominated in today's NBA. Again, like you pointed oh, yeah. out, like this was an era in the NBA when you didn't score 100 points. Like teams weren't scoring 100 points. Right. Um, so, he, he averaged 22 points a game, shooting only like two and a half, three threes a game. Exactly. If that was today, he'd be shooting like 10 threes a right. game. So, and he'd be, he'd be hitting 30, 30 points a game probably a season. It's like the value of the dollar or something or in Infl- yeah, you know, it's like it just inflate those stats, like grade him on a curve and, and, and understand if he was playing today. Exactly. He'd be shooting eight, nine threes a game. Um, and, you know, again, just think of him as like the OG Clay Thompson. And mm-hmm. we, we lost this guy way too soon at the age of 20, mm-hmm. 28 in a car crash yeah, in Germany. So tragic. He's one of the best shooting guards the NBA has ever seen, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, like I was saying to you about my strategy and my methodology with the draft, it's like sometimes for me, as I was evaluating these countries, there was like a North Star. And for me, Petrovic Petrovic was my North Star with Team Croatia. And then like Mm -hmm. the ensemble, whether it was Saric, Kukoc, Bogdanovich, all these guys were Mm -hmm. part of the Petrovic family tree. Yeah. Um, But it begins and ends with Drazen Petrovic as I draft Team Croatia with my third overall selection, the third overall selection in our country's draft. Um, Ben, you're on the clock with the uh, fourth overall pick. Fantastic pick. Can't say I'm a little disappointed not to to have been able to snag uh, Petrovic from you. But but yeah, great pick. Can't argue with it. All right, so now... um, uh, whew. All right, so now this is a little easier for me because, cool. uh, as a matter of fact, you did not select either of my top two choices. Um, so now I have the chance to go with my consensus other uh, top two pick, and that is the Republic of Serbia. Um, yes. Actually, now I believe it's just called Serbia because it was the Republic of Serbia uh, back in the 90s until 2006. This anyway. Amazing. I literally had you, I had you penciled down from Serbia. Yeah, of course it's Serbia because um, much like yeah. Drazen was your mm-hmm. the heart and soul leader of your Croatian team, yeah. I have my captain, yeah. my mascot, my spirit mm-hmm. animal, Nikola Jokic, um, born in 1995 uh, when Serbia was still a part of Yugoslavia, or I guess it was then the Republic of Serbia, but it was a constituent state of uh, Yugoslavia. Anyway, then there was like a union with uh, Serbia and Montenegro. Um, until uh, 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 Montenegro's secession from that and Serbia became fully independent sovereign state in 2006. Anyway, uh, Jokic um, was born in Serbia. Uh, There's no need to get into why we love him. I've done it uh, countless times in the past. He is uh, an all-OTL first-teamer. He's um, probably my second favorite player in the NBA currently. Um, Yeah, he was my North Star, so... Couldn't be happier uh, to, to, to be able to make that selection. Uh, of course, uh, backing up Jokic, we've got um, a veritable, um, you know, who's who of, of great European big men, including Vlade Divac. Divac, what the hell? 
pass. Christie. Oh, my. That is, that's fun basketball. To Born in 1968, again, while it was... Uh, uh, Serbia was uh, sort of under the the uh, name of Yugoslavia. Um, another uh, great Serbian player, current player, is Bogdan Bogdanovic, uh, who uh, was born in '92. Um, and yeah, we love Bogdan, uh, Sacramento King player. Um, he's awesome. Uh, of course, we have to mention Boban, um, born in 1988 uh, when Serbia was part of Yugoslavia. Um, but you know, he's, he's an all time fave of ours for obvious reasons. Um, and then uh, a couple more names to throw at you, uh, Darko Milicic, of course, the inspiration of free Darko, uh, second overall selection in the 2005, no, 2003 NBA draft, um, uh, just after LeBron James, but prior to Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony, um, and then I know another favorite of yours, Chris, is uh, Milos Teodosic. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Born in 1987. Um, uh, so yeah, we've got we've got quite a quite a squad here. I mean, Serbia is loaded, man. There's no yeah way about a deep it. team. You've also got guys like Bielica, um, uh, Nenad Kristic. Yep. Um, yeah, like it, when it's, it, it goes it goes notes, deep. In my notes, I have Serbia down as maybe the greatest all time. You know, they have some of the greatest all time itches. We're talking about Stojakovic. We're talking about Rodmanovic. We're talking about Paplovic. We're talking about Jokic. We're talking about mm-hmm. Mar- Marjanovic, uh, Bogdanovic, uh, Tedosic. A lot of itching happening here with these last mm-hmm. names. Although, wait, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Peja Stojakovic was Croatian, wasn't he? I think I think he was born in Croatia, but um, maybe he, but maybe he th- represented Serbia yeah, nationally. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in international play. That's um, right. That's right. That's right. So, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take some Peja, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a reserve for sure. No, 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 uh, no problems there. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Peja. Um, yeah, I mean, Serbia is just a powerhouse. Um, you know, I don't know what it is over there, but... Um, but yeah, they know how to how to produce their players, man. Um, I mean, really, it, it begins and ends with Jokic. But we got to yeah. give a, a shout out here to uh, to Vlade because yep. again, much like um, uh, 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 Petrovic and uh, Marcellonis, he was one of the the earliest uh, European players that I remember ever watching yeah. as a kid. Um, you know, of course, as a center for the Lakers. Um, I think his rookie year uh, was was that last. Um, finals team uh that the lakers uh when they played the bulls in 91 um which which they lost but but i think that was vlade's first year in the league and then of course he went on to have uh that great kind of second run with the sacramento kings of the early 2000s um and if i remember correctly was dealt to charlotte for the draft pick that, that became kobe bryant does that does that sound right with the 13th pick in the 1996 nba draft the charlotte hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. Of course. Yep, that's yep. absolutely right. Dealt on draft day to Charlotte um, so that the Lakers could select Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's widely held now that Nikola Jokic is arguably the best passing big man of all time. But, like, you know, correct. he was very much... He took the mantle from, among other people, Vlade Divac. There was a time... Oh, yeah. There was a time... Um, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, where Vlade was in that conversation as maybe the best ba- passing big man. Uh, in oh, the for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and him and C-Web together on those Kings teams, um, like that was an, a 
beautiful, beautiful brand of basketball to watch. The ball just like zipping around, you know, those little tight pocket passes in the paint, uh, you know, little uh, flips over the shoulder, behind the head, behind the back. Like he was a master at those. Um, absolute wizard. And uh, yeah, so he entered the league in 1989. Um, so again, like really, really uh, a trailblazer um, coming in at age 21 with the Lakers. Um, and uh, yeah, also a very durable uh, guy. I'm looking at his at his stats here and he played um, he played all 82 games his like first two years. And then like with the with the Kings, he played. 82, 81, 80, 80, 81 in consecutive seasons. Um, and yeah, just uh, an Iron Man. Um, so, uh, and, and of course, now he's uh, uh, a famed uh, front office executive with, right. uh, with, with said Kings. Yeah, man. So. Something we're also seeing, you know, you, you, a, a trend that I noticed in my research here, and it certainly is true for Team Serbia, is like the passing, the element of the passing. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's something that runs throughout Europe. And I can't mm-hmm. help but feel like, you know, many of these European nations, basketball was not the primary sport. It was football, right? Soccer. Mm-hmm. And, Soccer, yeah. And, um, you know, like, I don't think it's an accident that so much of the game of soccer is about setting up your teammates and, and finding, like, the, finding, like, passing up a good shot for a great shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that did permeate itself, that, that philosophy did permeate itself onto the hardwood when people started playing basketball. And you look at a guy like Milos Teodosic, I mean, this guy was a brilliant, brilliant passer in the EuroLeague. He had, obviously, a brief cup of coffee here with the Los Angeles Clippers, also had an absolute incredible five o'clock shadow. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it's an accident that you're seeing you know, a trend here with many of these international countries with the, the importance of passing. Uh, yeah. Here's another yeah. another uh, notable anecdote here that that I'm uh, quoting from the macro phenomenal pro basketball almanac. Uh, uh, it says uh, here, while playing for the Kings, Divac and Peja Stojakovic were able to improvise at such a high level using what Divac calls quote Serbian telepathy that he began calling Peja quote special boy, wow. which I really wow. boy that just that just fills my heart with delight wow. right there. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! I mean, come on. Yeah. Need I say, need I say more? No, Special boy. you really don't. <laughs> yeah. I think we should move on. Do you have anything else you want to say about Serbia in closing here? Are you um, ready to move on? I'm good, man. I've, I've gotten my two, boy, one, two, Serbia, or Lithuania, Serbia. Phenomenal. Could, I, not be, could not be more satisfied with that. I hope you guys enjoyed part one. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at line underscore pod. Let us know what you thought of the country draft. Um, check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show, and stitch your iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week, and we will talk to you in a little bit.